morning, church. Hope you're well today. Hope Christmas treated you well. What are y'all doing here? <laughs> like we did one service because we didn't think nobody would show up. And so it's just as Pastor Shane mentioned, it's so great to be together in one service. And as Pastor Shane said, we're going to jump into this last message series uh, on Unexpected. But before we do that, it's the last Sunday in 2018. Come on, somebody. We need to celebrate what God has done in our church. This like you're already ready. You're already ready to go there. So we're going to take a moment. It's good for our hearts, isn't it? I, mean, I don't know about you, but I'm always looking ahead to 2019. Like I'm looking at the next big thing, the next hill to climb, the next goal to reach, right? It's just good for us sometimes to stop for a moment, take a deep breath, and just be thankful and say, God, wow, look at what you did in 2018. So I hope you're ready. I hope your hands are ready to clap. I don't know if you want to stand up, hand, stand up hands can go in there. Whatever you want to do to celebrate today, the media team's going to help me out. We're going to put some stats on the screen behind me from this last year, 2018. But I'm excited. I'm excited to look at this year in review. So first of all, let's look at serving. And this is incredible stat. As Pastor Shane mentioned, our dream team is a team that shows up here on a Sunday to serve you in every ministry area. They lead our small groups. And this past year in 2018, we had 155 individuals serving here at Resonate Church. Come on, somebody. Woo! So amazing. That was up 63% from 2017. We also had 86 people show up on our serve day in July, a day, one day, where we showed up to love and to serve our city here in Coquillum. And that was double what we saw in 2017, which was so incredible. Next is the generosity of our church. And this, this is a wild, wild stat. This past year in 2018 church, the total revenues of Resonate Church increased by 53%. Come on, church. Can we give God some praise this morning? Woo! Just insane. $66,770 of that went right back out. Like it came in and we took that money right away and we sent that back out into local missions, into national missions, into international missions because of what you gave here at Resident Church. I hope you know that you're making a difference in your giving. Every single week you're making a difference. And lastly, our reach. This stat is just absolutely insane. In 2018, church, we had 97 people make decisions to follow Jesus. Come on, church. Can we give God some praise this morning? Give him some praise. Thank you, God. So good. All for your glory, Jesus. All for your glory, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So incredible. What we also saw is 272 people in average weekly attendance here. We're a church that is growing. God is moving. He is doing things here. That is up, what is that, up 42% over 2017. So amazing. Our, our Resonate group engagement went up. We had 22 functioning Resonate groups in 2018, up from 15 that we had in 2017. And 256 people in Resonate groups. Come on, church. So good, so good. I love, ah, I love that at the end of a year, before we move into 2019, we get to celebrate these things together. But I don't want to stop there. What I also want to do this morning is I want to celebrate and I want to love on 
our lead pastors, Pastor Shane and Rachel. Can we give them some love this morning? Thank you guys for leading. Thank you for loving people. Come on, church, let's give show some love this morning to our pastors. And let's turn that praise into praise for Jesus. Come on, church, let's lift his name up. Come on. So amazing. Well, you guys can go ahead and find your seat. Thank you, bands. Come on, you can't celebrate unless you got a band behind you, some cymbals and a kick drum. Glory to God. Well, I'm excited today to bring the last installment uh, in our message series, Unexpected. And all throughout the last four weeks, we've been talking about that this is a felt need series, right? Because in December and in the lead up to Christmas and now in the lead up to New Year, this is a moment where we actually feel our pain and feel our problems more than we do throughout the rest of the year. You know, it's not like you've got more problems in December. You actually just feel the pain deeper. So we wanted to bring you a message series that touches on some of the deepest pain that we have in our lives. And I love Pastor Shane. You know, first week, straight out of the gate, he brought us that gap season message. And I don't know if you remember that, but he talked about how God shows up unexpectedly in the mess that we're in. And, and we're in a mess, and God shows up, but there's this gap season in between. And how to not get stuck in that. And then season, and message number two, he said, God shows up unexpectedly in the party and in the pain, which is so incredible for us that whether we're partying or whether we're in deep pain, God unexpectedly can show up in our world. And last week, in week three, our Christmas message, on the unexpected heart that God wants us to be close to him, that he wants us to draw near, he actually wants us to be confident as we draw close to him. And so today... So the last few weeks, we've talked about persevering through pain and celebrating through our problems, but that's not today. The message that I want to bring you today is a message where we can sit back and actually experience the love of God so that we can go out and love and serve others. And as I was preparing for today, just in prayer, looking at all the different events in the Bible where God has shown up unexpectedly. And there's so many of them. What a highlight reel throughout the Bible of God showing up in unexpected ways. What I was reminded of is that all throughout the Bible, that what we think is great, like what Troy thinks is great and awesome, and what I prioritize in my life, so often God takes that and he flips it completely upside down. He flips it on his head, right? Like if you want to be first, then you need to be last. And if you want to be rich, then you need to learn how to give more away. Like, how does that make sense? You got to give more away to be rich. And if you want to be great and amazing and powerful and mighty, then you need to go and serve and get low and serve the least of these. And so today I want to bring you a message about an unexpected moment that Jesus had with his disciples. And it was a Thursday. And not just any Thursday, but the lead up is in John chapter 13. And Jesus, he's in an intimate moment with his disciples on the Thursday before he goes to the cross. So he's surrounded by the men that are closest to him in his life, his disciples. And they're talking, and they're eating, and Jesus shows up and does something so unexpected. But you know what? It doesn't make the highlight reel in the Bible. Like, this isn't what people were talking about the next day. It wasn't trending on maybe a social media platform that existed in that day. It was a quiet, intimate moment with his disciples. So John, throughout the book of John, he's painted a picture of Jesus, right? We've got his, his birth and his life and his ministry. Jesus is 33 years old now. And on this Thursday night, he's around his disciples. You know what's incredible? Is that he knows that he's going to the cross the next day. He knows that he's going to die. He also knows that in a few hours, Judas 
is going to betray him. He knows that the people closest to him in his life, when he gets arrested, are going to abandon him, completely take off. He knows that Peter, one of his closest friends, is going to deny him three times in a few short hours. But in this intimate moment, what Jesus is about to do is he's about to hand them the gospel, right? Like he's going to be leaving this world and he's handing them the gospel and they need to get something right. So in the most, one of the most unexpected events in the entire Bible, we pick it up in John chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father... Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What a beautiful passage of scripture. He loved them, his disciples, right to the end. Another translation says, he showed them the full extent of his love. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. So Jesus knows that this betrayal is coming, right? One of the most painful of human experiences that we could ever face, the betrayal of somebody closest to us. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God. So he already knew his authority. He knew that God had given him all things already. This is what Jesus does. In the next moment, he completely dismantles any ranking system, any hierarchy, any organizational chart. Jesus, the Son of God, he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garment, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus, the Son of God, unexpectedly, in one moment, took on the uniform of a servant, got down low, and washed his disciples' feet. And I want to take the next couple minutes today, and I want to look at a few of the movements of Jesus through the story. Because if we're supposed to be the hands and the feet of Jesus as we roll into 2019, is we need to look and say, what did Jesus do in this story? And so where we start, first off, is when did he do this? When, during the meal, did he wash their feet? And it says in verse 4 that he rose from supper. So this wasn't a time that was convenient in the evening, right? Typically, the servant would be washing the feet before the meal, right? The feet are dirty. They're coming in from a long day. He would wash the feet, and then they'd sit and die. It wasn't at the end of the meal, maybe while they were done eating and drinking. No, Jesus rose from dinner. He allowed himself to be interrupted to go and serve the needs of his disciples. And I was thinking about this concept. I was thinking about us in our life, how so often we're waiting for the right time to go and serve somebody, right? When like the stars align, I've heard it so often. Like maybe when my job slows down a little bit, then, ah, then I'll be able to go serve. Or maybe it's, ah, you know, I want to give. Like I really, I do have a generous heart, but I just need to make a little bit more money or just get out of debt before I can actually give or be generous in my giving. Or one that I've used so often as a parent. I got three amazing young kids who are incredibly amazing and incredibly challenging. And I've said oftentimes, when they get into the next season, when they just get a little bit older, like when I'm not wiping a butt, that's not my, when I'm wiping, not wiping somebody else's butt, then I will have the capacity to serve. But Jesus doesn't do this. He shows up in the middle of dinner. He allows himself to be interrupted to go and serve his disciples. How unexpected was that for them? That their Savior, their Lord, their teacher would get low 
and be washing their feet. And you know what, church? I feel like today is I want to challenge you, but I also want to celebrate you and I want to champion you. Because you know what? I see this happen every single week here at Resonate Church. I see us getting interrupted in our lives and I see us pressing through. There's a young couple here. They're actually not here today, I don't think. I think they're actually on vacation, much needed vacation. But Will and Lindsay Ryan, some of you know them. They're an incredible couple and they've got a busy life. They've got two incredible young kids, incredible young, busy kids. A big career for Will. And recently they had a massive career change. Will did. And rightly so, he should have probably taken a step back at this time. Like all of us was a justifiably, you and the family should take a step back, figure out yourself at home before you come back and serve. But you know what they did is they pressed in at that time. And Will continued to show up and serve playing keys for us. And Lindsay showed up with a Dream Team t-shirt on. Eliana strapped to her chest, shaking hands and meeting people and loving on people. Church, when we get interrupted in our life, when big things happen, that's not our time to pull away. Let's look at that model of Jesus, how he showed up, interrupted, and served people. That's the first thing he did. The second thing I want to look at, the second movement of Jesus. It says that he laid aside his outer garment, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. So what he did is he removed anything recognizable on him. Jesus would have been wearing some sort of rabbi or priestly garment, some sort of teacher garment, and he removed that, set that down, and he picked up a towel. And so someone would have walked into the room. Like if a bystander would have shown up and opened the door to that room, not knowing what was going on in that room, and seen this man washing somebody's feet, and you would have asked that person and said, who was that? Like, who was washing their feet? It would have been easy. The answer would have been simple. It would have been, well, that's the servant. That's, the, that's what the servant does, is they, they get low. Their job is to wash people's dirty feet. But Jesus, in a moment, he removed all title, all authority, and he laid it down, and he picked up a towel of servanthood. Now, some of you know our story, Rachel's story, my story, our kids. We moved from Kelowna down to Coquitlam just over two years ago now, which is, which is crazy, to help plant Resonate Church. And what a joy that's been for us here. But something that you don't know is that for me, leaving business world, so leaving my role and my job and my career there was really difficult for me because I loved my job title. I loved it. And I found so much recognition and value in that title. I know some of you can vouch for that. Uh, with me in that today. And so when we moved down here, I was hoping for a title to be here when I got here. Like, I didn't want to go from this title I had at work to no title here. Like, I started out driving a forklift. Come on, somebody. A big old forklift answering inside. You can see me on a forklift. I know you can right now. It was massive. <laughs> These skinny legs pushing forklift tires. I mean, come on. And so I was running a forklift. I was doing inside sales calls. And after two years, I got promoted to a management position, and I was excited about that. So I was like, great. I oversaw one of our branch locations in Kelowna. Two years later, I got another promotion into a regional position. Every single promotion that happened, I felt my value increasing. But the problem was, is that often days, because I valued that title and position so much, is that I actually valued that more than the people that I was supposed to be serving and supposed to be leading. And that's a problem. And so right before we moved down here, it was a couple weeks before, I actually met a guy who was in ministry, and 
I was chatting to him about what we were about to do. I was like, hey, we're going to go down to Coquitlam. We're going to help plant this church. And here's what I want to do. And I started giving him the ideas that I had in my head of what I wanted to do and kind of the position I wanted to take because I didn't want to go without a position, right? I didn't want to move down here without a role. And he actually stopped me in the middle of what I was saying. And he said, hey, can I tell you something? Can I tell you what you need to go do? And I was like, I was like, wow, I'm like, that's pretty forthright. Like, I don't even know you, but sure, like, you can tell me what I'm supposed to, I'm telling you what I'm going to do, you're going to tell me. But what he said to me is he said this. He said, you know what you need to go do? Is you need to go and you need to go serve your lead pastor. You need to go do whatever he tells you to do. And that took me so aback. Like, I was wanting so badly. My identity was so wrapped in in these titles and this role that I had, that I was unwilling in that moment to just pick up a towel. But he challenged me and said, you need to go pick up a towel is what you need to do. And in this moment, Jesus is with his disciples, right? He's about to hand them the gospel. These guys are supposed to go be his representation of Jesus to the world. And what I believe that he was telling them in this moment, while he was down low, washing their feet, is he's not saying, fellas, I'm not handing out titles to you today. What I'm handing out is I'm handing out towels to you today. I'm handing out towels to you. And therein lies a challenge for all of us here. There's a challenge that because we want to do big things in our life, right? We want to do big things for God. We've got big dreams and big aspirations. We always say dream big and and plan big, and you're a world changer. We use that language, and there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. But there's a danger in that. And that danger is, is that we cannot allow that our, our pursuit of those big dreams to be the thing that paralyzes us from doing the small things. As we dream big, we need to be reminded that we need to pick up towel and humbly serve those in our city, those showing up to Resonate Church for the first time, and each other here. You know, Pastor Shane, his wording to me so often is that there's only one kind of leadership here at Resonate Church. And that's servant leadership. If you're going to lead here at Resonate Church, you're going to serve. Which is so incredible to know that we're defending a culture. You're helping us defend a culture of servanthood here at Resonate Church. And you know what? As your pastor, as one of your pastors, I have the privilege and the honor. And really, it amazes me every Sunday to see you do this. To see you show up at those doors that you just walked through a few moments ago. And to see you lay your title down at the door. Like I see engineers laying their title and role at the door and picking up pipe and drape and setting it up for our kids. I see dentists and teachers, international sales managers laying their titles down at the door, picking up a Dream Team t-shirt, picking up a lanyard and a walkie-talkie, leading a child into a Resonate Kids ministry. I see national account managers and marketing managers leaving the role at the door to pick up an instrument and serve here in worship. Church, you're doing this every single Sunday. You're leaving your pride and your roles at the door to pick up a towel and to serve one another. So incredible to see. I hope you're encouraged to look around and see that every single Sunday. So Jesus, he allows himself to be interrupted. He removes any form of priestly garment, role, and title. He leaves that on the ground, and he picks up a towel. And thirdly, he does what no other podcast or leadership development course or any type of teaching could do. What he does is he gets down and he actually models it 
for the disciples. He gets down low and he washes the disciples' feet. He doesn't just tell them they need to go serve people. He gets low and he models that for them. But you know what's what's amazing? Is that this is the last lesson. Like this is the Thursday night before Jesus goes to the cross. And you're telling me that the last lesson he's going to give his disciples is that of servanthood? Like, instead of, like, how to plant a church, maybe how to defend the gospel, how to read the scriptures, like, all the things we would think would be important if you're going to take the gospel to the world. And Jesus talks about servanthood. It's crazy, isn't it? Verse 15 says, For I have given you an example that you also should go and do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Notice where Jesus didn't stop. He didn't stop at, if you know these things, blessed are you. Right? He said, blessed are you if you do them. In a single moment in history, Jesus takes the organizational chart of humanity and completely flips it on its head. In church, back just a few moments ago, we celebrated 2018, right? We celebrated what God did in us and through us as a church. It was incredible, actually, that moment. I'll remember that moment for a long time to see you lean in and celebrate what God did. But you know why God was able to do that in 2018? It wasn't because we preached a bunch of flashy message series or because our worship was great or because our kids' ministry is awesome and loving kids, or because our social media was so on point and so cool. Those are all great things, and we will continue to pursue excellence in every single area. We'll never apologize for that, but that's not the reason why we got to celebrate what God did in 2018. The reason we got to celebrate 2018 is because you all decided in your heart at the start of this year that when it wasn't convenient And when it wasn't followed by an applause or a title or a position, you chose to push past just the knowledge of someone's pain who's showing up here for the first time and actually lean in and get down low and serve them. Church, you picked up a towel on serve day. You picked up a towel. 86 of you grabbed a towel and served our city. At the cold weather map program, we were serving meals to the homeless. You picked up a towel and you served. Every single Sunday, I see you picking up towels and serving each other. My prayer for us in 2019, that we wouldn't be known as a church. Resonate Church wouldn't be known by our positions or our ministries or our organizational charts or even our systems. But we would be known by the church that's always carrying a towel. We're always carrying a towel. Wow, that Resonate Church, they're always serving. They're always loving on people. I love bringing somebody because I know someone's going to see them when they walk through the doors. That's a church we're going to be in 2019. But that's not the end of the story. There's actually a second part that lands right in the middle of this text. It's this interaction Jesus has with Peter. And this is, this is crazy. Verse 6 says, he came to Simon Peter. So Jesus is down low and he's washing the disciples' feet. And he gets to Peter. And Peter's a bit crazy, right? He's a bit of an odd one. And this is what he says to Jesus. He says, Lord, do you wash my feet? Like he's asking him a question. Do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you do not understand, but afterwards you will understand. 
See, Peter doesn't get the big picture. He doesn't see what's happening. He just can't understand in his little brain why his master, his savior, his Lord is crouched down washing his dirty feet. This is what Peter says. You shall never wash my feet. Exclamation point. You shall never wash my feet. And here's how Jesus responds to him. If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. How powerful is that? That Jesus is telling Peter, if you don't allow me, Peter, to wash your feet, if you don't allow me to serve you and to love you and to fill you, how can you go and love people? How can you take this gospel out into the world? So Peter changes his tone quite quickly and responds and says, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus says to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. What Jesus is saying there is that this isn't just a humble act of service. He wasn't just showing the disciples the priority of servanthood. What he was doing is he was giving them a symbolic representation of what in a few short hours that next morning he was going to do for them on the cross when he was going to die to cleanse them of their sins, of the sins of humanity for you and for I. And isn't that just the gospel, right? That's the simple gospel right there. Is that while your feet were dirty, while my feet were dirty, while we were messed up in sin, our life was a mess, that Jesus came and he died for us. I don't know what your, what your year looked like in 2018. I don't know if you're sitting here today and it was a painful year. But there's an invitation that Jesus has for you here today to wash your feet. See, we can't get the order wrong. The start of the service, we talked about serving, right? And how important it is to serve others and to love others and to wash feet and to grab a towel and to get low. But guess what? We can't do that unless we first have Jesus wash our feet. We can't get one before the other, right? The invitation to you today is God wants to show up into your world in the midst of the pain, unexpectedly in your world today, however you showed up. It doesn't matter. However you showed up, he wants to fill you. He wants to give you new life. He wants to cleanse you so that in 2018, we can sprint and we can love and we can serve people. I'm gonna invite the band to come out and join me. We're gonna go back into a moment of worship together. But maybe 2018 for you has been a tough year. Maybe serving people. Maybe you're on this faith journey and it's felt like a task. Like we're coming up and you're looking at the new year like, I don't know how I'm going to keep this pace up. I don't know how I'm going to continue parenting at this level. My job is crazy right now. How am I going to continue doing what I do? You know what you need this morning more than anything? You don't need to do more. You don't need to say, to conjure up some, some renewed strength and just, oh, I'm just going to go at this new year. What you need this morning is you need to spend a moment in the presence of God. You need to allow Jesus to wash your feet, 
for his love and his grace and his mercy to pour over you so that you can head into 2019 full and ready to go with an increased capacity to love and to serve people and to do what God called you to do on this planet, which is to love and to serve people. Maybe you're in the room today and this is all new to you. This talk about Jesus and serving, washing feet sounds kind of weird and that's okay. You know, in the next few moments when we go back into this time of worship, my prayer for you today is that you would just open your heart just a little bit more and see the invitation that God's extending to you today, that he's here to wash your feet and to renew and restore and to give you new life in Jesus. So God, thank you for what you did in 2018. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory God, and as we roll into 2019, God, our hearts are wide open. We know we can't do this on our own, so today, God, we allow you to wash our feet. We're ready, Father. We're ready to receive from you now, God, that your presence would be here. Do a work in us, God. We're ready this morning. We are. Come on, church, let's sing together. To the beginning Can't control what tomorrow will bring. I stand, but I know here in the middle is a place where you promise to be. So my not enough. All I want all you are We need me here
just remain standing for a moment. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Because there's someone here today that has yet to make that decision to follow Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. To say, God, I put you first in my life, maybe for the first time, to be my Lord and my Savior. I don't want to leave here today so what we're going to do in just a moment is we're not going to center you out. We're not going to embarrass you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something brave, though, is I'm going to ask you to just shoot your hand up and say, Pastor Troy, include me in that prayer today. Maybe you're here and you were close to God at one time, but now you're not. And you know that you've moved away from God. I'm not talking about a little bit of sin in your life. I'm talking about you know consciously you've moved away from God. But today you want to come back. If that's you here today, and you, you want to make a decision to follow Jesus or to come back to Jesus, would you just slip your hand up quickly with every head bowed and every eye closed? Just slip your hand up quickly and say, include me in that prayer. All over the room. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You can slip your hands back down. Church, would you help us together? Will you join me together in praying this prayer out loud together? Whether you made that decision, raise your hand today, or whether you didn't raise it, but you wanted to, would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life, my full surrender. I choose to follow you. Jesus, I believe that you died, that you rose again, so that my sins could be forgiven. 
past, present, and future. Jesus, I put you in the top seat of my life today. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, church, and everybody said amen, amen. Come on, church, can we put our hands together for those who made that decision today? Come on.